talking about 2022 football season already? Heck, we've already broken down 2021 on yesterday's episode. Let's move on ahead on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. Thank you for listening. This is AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. So on yesterday's show, if you have not listened to it, we talked about the 2021 season, gave a full recap. And as I said, next week, we're going to have Mitch Wolf on to talk about individual performances, grading out players. We'll get into all the nitty gritty of details and and, um, and awards for different uh, positional groups and things like that. We'll get into that next week, but we're going to wrap up the 2021 season for a second and look at 2022 just for today's episode because, you know, Let's let's keep things fresh. We already talked about the past. Let's move to the for, to the future, and that's what we're going to do today. So, looking ahead, what are some of the storylines that could impact Boston College in 2022? Now, I wrote about this on BC Bulletin on Wednesday, but I wanted to flush it out, give you a fuller picture of some of the things that you're going to want to know about heading into next season. The number one, I think, the number one uh, storyline has to be the health of Phil Dracovic, right? At this point, he'll be fine. Like, in terms of his wrist, his hand, whatever he hurt, should be 100% healed at that point. But that's not the big picture here. I'm expecting him to be 100% when they face Rutgers in the season opener. It's, can he stay healthy? Now, Dracovic, he is a, he plays violently. Like, Halfley likes to say that. Like, he's a guy that does not, he is not afraid to, to shrug off hits. He takes hits all the time. And at some point, though, you have to wonder is this the way he's going to be able to sustain a career either at the college level or the NFL level? Like, he he keeps getting hit, and he's been hurt at least with injuries that have hindered him three times. He had the injury against Louisville. He had the injury against Notre Dame. I'm sorry, against Clemson. And then he had the injury this year, the, the start of the year. So three injuries. Now, one of those was fluky. The hand injury was fluky. You can't really put that in. But he's starting to rack up some some concerning things here. And, you know, do you want him to slide every time someone tries to tackle him? No, he's a big dude. And as we've seen, he can, he can throw off a safety or, or shrug off a linebacker or even escape a defensive lineman. But we've all seen it. And you know what exactly what I'm talking about. Some of those hits that he takes, and you're like, man, Jakovic, you've got to get down. You've got to stop taking those hits because it's taking mileage off of him, and it's it's forcing him to get hurt. So I'm not sure if that's a conversation that Signetti and Halfley have with him. You know, Halfley during press conferences all year said, that's the way he plays. That's the way he's going to continue to play. And that's fine, but it's also worrisome because we saw what happened when Jakovic went down last year. And you look at the roster, and yes, Emmett Moorhead has potential, but again, it's going to be a huge drop-off if Dracovic can't stay healthy. Like, Moorhead will be better than he was this year when we saw him and he kind of looked like a deer in headlights at points. But you don't want to have to go down that road. You want Dracovic 
to stay in for 12 games in a bowl game or the ACC championship if they get that far. And I'm not going to get into that yet. I'm not, I'm nowhere near ready to talk about that yet. I'm just talking the bigger storylines here. So with Jakovic, you want him, you, you want him to be able to do a mix, right? You want to see him next year be able to shed those tackles. Like when he's in the pocket and he's like, you know, there's uh, blitzers hitting him and he's able to shrug him off. Okay. It's those ones where he runs and tries to get an extra two yards by lowering his shoulders and and trying to level a defender um, and, and taking those extra pops that he doesn't need to do. You want to see that next year. So his health will be a major question mark. And you have to watch him with bated breath because he takes hits all the time. <laughs> Every game, it seemed like, I think it was the Florida State game, the Wake Forest game. He was taking some hits. And you're like, oh, man, is he going to get back up? And I think that's going to be just the feeling for the next year. We get him for one more year, and it's going to kind of be on the coaching staff to decide, are we good with what he's doing? Are we good with taking that risk? Or do we need to make some adjustments in Phil's game so that we ensure that he has a better chance of making it through a season? That's It's tough to say because, you know, I think Halfley has some um, truth in what he says. Like, that's Jakovic's way. Like, do you really want to just completely change up a quarterback? That is something that I, I'm not a coach, so I don't know how they're going to address that in the offseason or they're just going to let it fly again and, and hope to God that he doesn't get another fluky injury in 2022. So that's our first discussion point about the uh, 2022 season. The second one, the one I wanted to also address, is the state of the offensive line. And, you know, it, on BC Bulletin on Thursday, we had our offensive um grades for each positional group. And I gave the offensive line a straight C, just like Mitch Wolf did. I thought they were average. They were disappointing though. There's no way of getting around that. They were disappointing. They didn't, they weren't as dumb for the second straight year. All the talk going into the season was going to be how dominant this offensive line was. And they weren't Zion Johnson was a dominant and Christian Mahogany. He was good too. There were just major issues, and it was on the other side of the line. I hate to point out, guys, but Tyler Vrabel had a tough year. He was hurt a lot and was playing hurt. When they put Jack Conley in, he did. He was really struggling. And uh, Ben Petrula had his moments, too, where he struggled. And so, and Alec Lindstrom, he wasn't perfect either. I don't. I think he had a good season, but, man, I don't think he was as perfect in certain situations as, as it made it out to be. So, heading into next year, there's even bigger question marks, and we'll have to wait and see what this is going to be because they're going to have to replace at least three offensive linemen with Lindstrom, Johnson, and Petrula all heading to the NFL. So, who do you have at center? That's going to be Drew Kendall. Drew Kendall was the backup center all year long. He'll be the center next year. I think they got him in to get him in early. He's ready to go. I'm not sure what he... I would have loved to have seen what he did in the bowl game because I'm pretty sure Alec wasn't going to play because of the family situation. But I would have loved to have been able to see kind of what he was like. But that's going to be a question mark. You lose a leader like Lindstrom, who, you know, Halfley talked about how important it was for Emmett Moorhead. Like, you got... Even even for Jakovic, he's like an, he's a general out there. He points out what's going on. He, he points out blocking and coverage and everything like that. And you bring in a redshirt freshman, that's a big drop-off. That's a big thing to worry about. So that's a big concern. Then, I mean, replacing Zion Johnson is a bigger deal than many people think. He is an one of the best guards I've seen Boston College have in years. I mean, as much as that offensive line struggled, he never did. As much as you want to say that the whole offensive line struggled, he, he didn't. It was guys around him that were really struggling. He didn't really make mistakes. You never heard him getting called for penalties. He let up, I believe, zero sacks on himself by himself. So he had he was good. 
And now you're replacing him with Ozzy Trapillo, who I believe is a sophomore next year. So again, you're going from first, second round draft pick to unproven sophomore. Again, big concern there. Big worry. We'll have to see what happens. And then that third position, is it going to be Jack Conley? Is he ready? You know, Halfley talked specifically about how good he thought he looked. But when we saw him play, he struggled hard. And he was a major liability out there. Again, that's that kind of encompasses all these kids like Kendall and uh, Trapillo. When they get live situations, they're going to struggle at first. So are they going to struggle next year? And does Halfley try to get one more grad student to kind of fill in one of these slots so he adds a little bit more stability in there? I mean, he's already offered. He offered the kid from FIU that ended up in, um, I think, LSU or one of the Southern schools. Uh, he offered somebody. So he's clearly looking at offensive lineman. I'm not sure how high that is on his priority, but it might make sense if you have a spot that's... you. You want to get, like, three guys out there, and then you can kind of fill in the other two. I mean, that's good. I mean, if, if you were t- if you were worried about Conley, right, if you're like, ooh, what I saw was not what I think is going to be the best uh, outcome for our team, then maybe you go and get a, a transfer and be like, okay, maybe Conley needs just one more year of seasoning. I'm not sure, but that's kind of one of the other things that we're going to look for. And so that's going to be a major question mark. The whole scheme around that offensive line, along with the new faces, it's going to be a major question mark heading into... 2022 and we'll have to watch during the spring to see what happens there now in a moment we'll chat more about some of these storylines for 2022 but this is it the putt to win the tournament if you sink it the championship is yours but on your backswing your hat falls over your eyes is this how you're running your business poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture you need to upgrade to netsuite by oracle NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time with staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Again, head to netsuite.com slash locked for this once special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing business. That's netsuite.com slash locked. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. If you have not done so already, the best Christmas present you could give me is to head over to do two things. Go over to iTunes and give me a five-star review. Tell everyone why you like Locked On Boston College. It really does make a difference, and those little reviews help push us up in people's searches. So go over to that and, and give us a five-star review. I've noticed a few ECU fans, I think, are starting to try to tank my rating. So if you guys want to like battle back and give me a few five-stars, that would actually be really appreciated. The second part is, as I said before, head over to YouTube.com, look up Locked On Boston College, and hit the subscribe button. It's free, and if you don't have an account on YouTube, that's free too. You basically just sign up, and you can get all of your podcasts sent directly to your YouTube account, and you can comment and talk to other BC fans right on the page. Now, we're talking about 2022 storylines heading ahead, going ahead. Now, I don't want to just repeat what I put in the article. So I have one storyline that I didn't put in there that I think is worth talking about. And that is the, the, the coaching of Boston College. Now, one of the things I noticed this year with Jeff Halfley is that there were times, and he's admitted it too, where things just got away from him. 
I specifically think of the Louisville game, the NC State game. And now some of this could be they just didn't have a quarterback. They couldn't get things going. But there were mistakes, too. You know, there were mistakes that were made. And sometimes he made mistakes in terms of, you know, play calling and things like that. I, I think back to the Georgia Tech kicking off. Kicking off at the Georgia Tech game, like, I don't know what that was. And, um, you know, he's tried to explain it, and I, I don't understand it. But I think of Halfley. I think of his progression as a coach. He still has not beat a top 25 team. That is something that we need to address because it's been almost eight years now since BC has beat a top 25 team. I mean, if you're a Boston College fan, you know this because you hear it all the time. And they're going to have their chances next year, whether it's Wake Forest, NC State, if Louisville picks it up or Notre Dame, there's a lot of chances for BC to get that big win. And in order to, for that to happen, there's going to need to be some changes in the way BC plays. They need to play better. You need to have Dracovic healthy, obviously. You're not going to go in there with Emmett Moorhead and beat Notre Dame right now. It's just not going to happen. But you also need the coaching staff to have a solid game as well. And they need to be able to handle the punches that opposing teams throw at them. What we saw with better teams against BC, and again, I almost want to give them a pass, but I'm also concerned. I want to make sure this isn't a bigger theme when they have everyone there next year was you'd see them kind of hang in, hang in there. They get punched once or twice and then everything fell apart. It again happened. Wake Forest, Louisville, Wake, uh, NC state. You want to see Halfley continue to improve his in coaching and he's now heading into year three. So the, the shine of being a new coach is kind of wearing off. It's time for him to bring BC to the next level. And whether you believe he can do it or you don't believe he can do it, that's a that's a matter for our discussion. I'm sure some of you don't think he can do it. Some of you think he can do it, but he hasn't shown it yet. And some of you are just waiting for it to happen. And I, so I think Halfley and his progression as a coach will be a big thing to watch as he continues to mature and you know learn the ins and outs of running a program. And hopefully, with all this pandemic stuff, it'll kind of lessen and make it so that he can continue to do everything that he needs to do to be successful. The next storyline I want to talk about is the defense. The defense has to be something that Boston College is going to watch for. And I think, again, I'm going to add some tidbits that I didn't put into the article, is that I think it's going to be important to watch the transfer portal. Like Halfley says he doesn't want to live in the transfer portal, but if BC adds players in the portal this year, I still think it's going to be on the defensive end. I think it's, I mean, the defensive end of things. I think it will be a defensive end if they get one. I also think they're going to probably look interior or linebacker as well because they need, they need playmakers. It, it's just that simple. You have a few guys out there. Jaden would be, um, you have some interior guys. I like Cam Horsley. I like um, some of the things that Cam Arnold was doing. He's still raw. Bryce Steele is still raw. Marcus Valdez is a good number two defensive end, but I don't like him as a, like, your guy. Like, I know he has his moments, but, like, I think he needs a guy next to him, and it'll really bring out the best part of Marcus Valdez. But I look at that other defensive end position. I look at that linebacker. They need a playmaker. And I don't know if there's someone on the team that Halfley is just like, oh, yeah, you know, one more, you know, 
we're going to go through spring and summer. This guy's going to be ready for the, for the fall. You wait till you see it. Like maybe it's Nito Akpala. We saw him with that berserk punt block. I think it was against Clemson. So you see, you, you saw he has like incredible speed or Donovan Azaraku. Maybe he just needs to bulk up a little bit. He'll be the guy, but BC needs that guy because BC was 97th in the country in sacks last year. And Halfley has stressed that the defense needs to get at the quarterback and they're not doing it for the second straight year. They haven't been able to do it. So they need to get a guy in that can do that for them. They need a guy that can consistently make it hard for opposing offenses to move the ball. And they don't have that yet. They have good secondary. I like their secondary. They will be without Brandon Sebastian. But man, Josh DeBerry is going to be that guy. And I like Elijah Jones. And the safeties with Jason Matry and, and Woodby, I think they'll be good. They just need some support there to really bring out some playmakers. Because if... If we're, if the goal for next year, as it should be, is to take that next step, to win eight or nine games with Dracovic, or even more, I don't know what they're thinking of, you need to improve on defense. You let up twenty, almost 27 points a game against ACC and Mizzou. You need to improve on that. That's not going to win you many games. I mean, it could, they could outduel them, but Halfley's, Halfley's bread and butter is his defense, and he needs to get that group up another step. And... You know, he's bringing in a ton of guys. Will they be developed at that point to be contributors? Like Some of them are going to have to, but we're going to have to wait and see how he addresses that and how he supplements it with a few guys probably in the transfer portal. So we'll wait and see what he does there. Now, in our final segment, I have one last uh, uh, nugget that we'll talk about in terms of 2022 uh, storylines. We'll talk about that. And I'm going to go over just quickly some news items that have happened about Boston College that you're going to want to hear about. But if you like Locked On Boston College, let me tell you about the Ultimate College Football play Preview for 2021 for the playoffs. Local experts betting advice and draft analysis all are on the show. It's the most comprehensive college football playoff preview, and it is live now. And also, if you know me, you know I love the Built Bar. It's the New Year's. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Other, Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or gross. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? You open up that bar of Built Bars, the box of Built Bars, you get 100% real chocolate-covered Built Bars. They are delicious. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 pro pro grams of protein. They are delicious. Make sure you reach for a box of Built Bars when you have that craving. They have delicious flavors, including coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and mint brownie. All you need to do is go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Happy New Year, everyone. I know uh, Mon uh, Saturday is New Year's. I, I don't know what people are doing for this. I, I, I'm I, at that age. I don't even get past like 10 o'clock. I'll be in bed, but hopefully you enjoy it if you're out there having fun. Uh, have a glass of champagne for me. So uh, enjoy your New Year's as well. So we're talking about the 2022 uh, preview. This is really, really, really early, and it's for fun. There's not any games to talk about right now, um, but we'll talk about some new stuff in just a moment. The 2022 season, I had one last little thought, and that was about the schedule. Now, the as I, I've said on this podcast before, the Atlantic next year is setting itself up to be quite the division. With 
a, a array of really good quarterbacks, whether it's Sam Hartman, Jordan Travis, Phil Dracovic, Devin Leary, uh, Malik Cunningham. There's some really good ones, and then there's Syracuse. Um, but it's going to be a really good division, and I think that's going to really leave up to some really tough games for BC. Their defense, as we mentioned before, going to have to have some big games to stop some of these quarterbacks, which they can do. Uh, the offense is going to have to play their part, too, to keep guys like Leary off the field like they could not do last year. But I'm looking at some of the other games that BC has. So looking across the, the, the conference to their coastal games, I think it really lines up nicely for BC. Virginia Tech is a gigantic mess right now. They have a new coach, the former defensive coordinator from Penn State, and I I got to see it to believe it. I'm not really sold on him, but, you know, what whatever. He could figure it, figure it out. But the bigger thing with, with Virginia Tech is they had a ton of guys either enter the NFL draft or enter the transfer portal. So this is a team that's going to be rebuilding next year. And if BC is playing well, they, this should not be a tough game for the Eagles. And I think they play them in Blacksburg. But honestly, if BC is playing well, they should get this should be an easy an easier win for for Boston College, um, just based off of where Virginia Tech is at. Now they could build into something in a year or two, but I really really think that's going to take a little while for them to get to where they want to be, unless they hit the transfer portal. But we're talking in January here, so we don't know yet. The second game is against Duke, and Duke, if you followed ACC football this year, was awful. <laughs> just I'm just being frank. They were they were terrible, um, and I don't see them getting much. They're just like Boston College. They're a team that develops players. It takes a little while. Mike Elko was a great hire by the Blue Devils. I loved that hire. Uh, he's Texas A&M's former defensive coordinator. He has ACC roots uh, with Notre Dame and Wake Forest. So I love that hire. I thought it was a great one. But it's going to take him some time. So Duke had one really good player last year, Mateo Durant. Their running back. He's gone. Now the the cupboard's bare, and Elko's going to have to take some time to get that going. I think this is a game, I mean, if any game, I mean, I think the Coastal itself is going to be weak, but Duke Duke is almost as good of a home run win as you're going to get. So I like that, which is good because the out-of-conference schedule, I think, is kind of sneaky tougher than last year. I thought BC had a really easy 2021, excuse me, out-of-conference schedule. You had the three Cupcake games. You had Temple, UMass, and Colgate. You knew going into the season that not, no matter how hurt Djokovic was, none of those three teams would hold much of a, of a fight. And credit to UMass, they did. Um, but BC won those games easily. And then they fought, they played the bottom of the SEC in Mizzou, and that was a hell of a game. But that was, again, the bottom of the SEC. So you replace Mizzou with Notre Dame. Notre Dame was a borderline playoff team. They just hired Marcus Freeman, their new head coach, who I... I if I was going to vote for my most impressive hire of the offseason, I love Marcus Freeman. I think he's going to be an absolute legend by the time he's done, whether it's at Notre Dame or someplace else. Good hire from them. They're going to be going all in the right place. So they're going to be a massive tough game. And it's on the road in South Bend with Dracovic playing at the place he used to play at. So that's going to be a hell of a game to watch. But a major spike in difficulty from Mizzou to Notre Dame. On top of that, and I can't believe I'm going to give them credit for this, Rutgers is actually going to probably be a tougher game than many people think. Greg Schiano is doing an excellent job on the recruiting trail. The team, obviously, they're playing in a bowl game because they were right at the brink. They were 5-7 and seven this year. Now, they're probably going to get smoked by Wake Forest, but it's Rutgers. They got to a bowl game. That's good for them. So this team, you know, I still think BC should beat, and I'm not really that concerned, but it's a tougher game. It's a Big Ten game, and they're turning into a Big Ten team. So Rutgers, the, the first game of the season, well, could be a tough one. And even if you look at just the FCS games BC's playing, Maine, 
Maine is infinitely better than Colgate. Maine has always has been a good FCS team. So that could be uh, uh they're not going to like hang in there, but I don't expect them to beat them like they beat Colgate like 51 nothing. You know, Maine could hang around and make a few stops here and there. Could be a tougher game. And then UConn and UMass are a wash. I'm not giving UConn any credit here. I don't care about Jim Mora being their coach. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um so that's just a wash. I I actually probably stepped down cuz I thought UMass played B- BC better. But it's at the rent. I mean I mean, they played at UMass, too. So, I don't know. That game's a wash to me. I'm not going to consider that. So, it's interesting. It's a tougher out-of-conference schedule, easier cross-divisional, and a little bit tougher in the division. So, we'll have to see how that all plays out because when I talked to Dan Rubin from bceagles.com, one of the things he says is it's pointless to point like at games that you think you're going to win because it never lines up with what you think. And I agree with him. And every year, it shows that to be the case. So, we could think that BC is going to smoke... Um, Syracuse, they could lose to them. They could get, they, we could say, hey, they're going to lose badly to NC State. They beat NC State. You know, you get something like that could happen in 2022 because so many different things happen between now and the game kickoff. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Now, I said there's a few news notes. Super quick. This weekend, Boston College basketball will hopefully get back on the court. Their game on Saturday was not canceled, it was postponed or delayed a day. It was supposed to be on Saturday. It's now on Sunday. We don't know what the TV deals, or, uh, TV uh, broadcast will be on. It's a one o'clock start instead of a 12 o'clock start. So make sure you check that out. It sounds like Brevin Galloway is going to be ready to play for BC. He's been talking all about it on Twitter. Um, so that's a big get back for BC. You got, you're got you adding a major depth piece that they desperately need and a shooter. So he'll be back. Um, and UNC is a good team. So we'll have to wait and see how they do. Also, women's basketball gets back on the court. They played tonight, uh, last night, but unfortunately, I recorded before they played. They are playing against Louisville. That should be a really tough game for BC women's, but we'll recap it quickly on Monday's episode as well. On Monday's show, we will have Mitch Wolf back on. We're going to start breaking down the 21 season, giving out awards, giving grades, all sorts of good stuff. You're going to want to make sure you check that out. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. And as I said, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes or on Spotify. They do it on Spotify now too. And that really does help the podcast out. Simple thing. It's free. It doesn't hurt you. It helps us out. Thank you all for listening. Follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. And we'll see you again soon. Happy New Year's, everyone. And see you again on Monday.